You're listening to Boys Don't Cry with Russell Kane, brought to you by Joe. Welcome to Boys Don't Cry, a new weekly podcast from Joe about men and the things we really think. It comes out of that sentence, why don't men talk about their feelings more? Why don't men talk about this and that? Well, this is the place we're going to do it. Think about it as loose women, but for men. I'm sick of having this criticism from women. Why don't boys talk about their feelings? Why don't they talk about depression? Why don't they talk about their bodies? Why don't men tell women how they really feel? It's often the complaint you get from women, until they've been out with a man who tells them how they feel. And in my experience, they never ask for that ever, ever again. (laughs) Can you just talk about how I feel again? You're dumped. But anyway, I wanted to create a place where I could invite friends from the comedy, telly, radio world that I know are comfortable just chatting Mm. and opening up a bit. And then I thought at the last minute it would be good to have a girl here as well, just to check if when we're making assumptions about what women want to hear or what men think, whether she's surprised or annoyed or anything else is revealed. So helping me today, I've got stand-up comedian Marlon Davis, stand-up comedian Joel Domit, and of course telly legend AJ Adudu is here. Uh, Hello, thank you. And also thank you for just... um, Confirming that I am a complete afterthought. No, not an afterthought. I never thought. Maybe a woman. No. <laughs> yeah. Okay, show, cool. That's show, how TV works. <laughs> this, would, this would work perfectly well with four blokes sat around going, okay, shaving your nuts, who does it? But I think it's more interesting <laughs> if at the end of the debate we have a lady audit. Rather who than then after- shaves the nuts. Yeah. 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 <laughs> rather, than, rather than an afterthought, you are sort of marking our emotional homework. Okay, thank think you. Happy to do that. It's called Boys Don't Cry because obviously... We don't. We don't show our feelings. We've got problems discussing stuff. So this is the forum where we can cry about the stuff that I know men think about. And the first one I want to talk about today comes out of this programme, Love Island. Whether you're watching it or not, and I've got more problems than anything with the people who pretend to not watch it, by the way. I'm not watching Love Island. I'm watching a documentary about adjectives with Stephen Fry. (laughs) Lies! Actually watching someone get fingered in night vision in the spare room. (laughs) (laughs) But anyway... (laughs) What's happening on this show has plagued me my whole life, right? In this show at the moment, if you're not watching it, there is a doctor, an A&E doctor who could restart a baby's heart if he needs to. He's about six foot three. He's good looking. He's kind. He's considerate. He's well-spoken. What more do women want? And yet, he is the only one in there who has not found love, nor had any female attention, not a kiss, not a cuddle. The girls have gone straight to the Cockney white boy, pen salesman, the heartbreaker, the yeah. bastard. There's a bastard in there. Yeah. What well, a girl would call a bastard, Adam. He's a six-foot-five Geordie. He goes, I will shag your mitts and I will hurt you. And the <laughs> girls are attracted to it. Yeah, it's madness. It's like, this is something that I genuinely have come up against my entire life of, like, the dickheads win. And actually, this is when when Tinder came in, I genuinely, I liked it for a bit because I felt like it kind of evened the playing field a little bit because okay. we as comedians, we have words. That's what yeah. we work. That's our sort of, that's our currency. Of course. And so I could like at least talk to people beforehand. They'd be like, oh, he seems like a good, funny guy. Yeah. And then we meet up on the same playing field. Whereas before that, I used to just stare at people in nightclubs and then just go home alone. That was surely, <laughs> that was surely before think, your arrest. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Stop! 
part of the pub run. As long as it's not a stare and follow. And then it's like this bigger guy, this guy with confidence who is like an idiot, would just like walk up, just like talk to him immediately. And I'm like, how do you just go up to someone and talk to them? But that's what's attractive. It is the confidence. Adam, the Geordie Bellend, is confident. And that's what makes him attractive. He's literally like, right, let's have a go. I look good. You fancy me. Let's have it. Meanwhile, nice Dr. Love Adam is just shy. No one gets the shy guy. To begin with, eventually you're like, right, I'll give him a go. After your heart's been broken That's by Adam. Okay. All right, Molly, let, let, let's take that out of the equation. Let's yeah. get rid of the variables. Yeah. Let's put two guys side by side, both equally confident, both equally cocky and outgoing. One, reliable, faithful. The other, still a bastard, still could shag you, mate. I put it to you, Marlon. He would still get the girl. Of course. The one who could potentially bone your mate. Of course. Why? That danger. And women love danger. So, so it's not confidence, then. It's, it's danger. Yeah. But that goes against everything I'm told. Right, yeah, that's that's what it is. Got, but isn't that confusing? Because once you're in a relationship, if you're like, right, I'm going to give her exactly what I want, won't be coming home tonight, bitch, and then, <laughs> and then you get dumped. <laughs> what is? What is? What am I supposed to do with that? Like, Joel, you, you've experienced both sides yeah. of the Punani tsunami. <laughs> you've experienced the drought, I like to call it Vajganistan, <laughs> <laughs> when you can't get any female attention. With most comedians. I didn't even kiss a girl till I was 16, 17. We tend to be quite nerdy, loner. The fact that we're verbal works against... I hear what AJ's saying, but I've been super confident and friendly my whole life, Mm. and it put girls off all the time. I'd I'd go out for a date, I'd be interested in them, I'd talk a lot, and they would be more attracted to the lobotomised guy who's bellend down to his ankle, who happens to be six foot three. (laughs) But it's also because we were weird, I think that's another thing. Like that we, were the, we were the weirdos. <laughs> I was and dressed as a knight during the day. <laughs> <laughs> Justin. It, it was, uh, we had, you know, like, now it makes sense. It's like we've yeah. got a context to our weirdness. So, like, people are like, oh, it's yes. you're, you're Russell Kane, you're Joel Domit, you're a comedian, this yeah. is what we do. Yeah. And we're more confident in that weird skin that we have. Whereas before, everyone was just like, yeah, I mean, it's fine, but it's just really weird. And I think that's what we have had as human beings we've like now suddenly we've gone like oh this is where we belong we can say weird stuff we can be weird people and people like like us for it instead of being like who the uh, like who the fuck's that guy from accounts who's really odd he's like this guy joel he's like being really like really weird you did accounts keeps like pretending to hold a microphone in the corner of the room (laughs) that's not a microphone (laughs) (laughs) that video can't be found online by the uh, yeah, but I was obsessed with maths. That was my thing. Like, I really right. loved maths. There, were, like... there, there are ladies listening to this now. You, you've just doubled your follower. <laughs> he likes prime numbers, Kelly. <laughs> <laughs> and so, uh, that was what I would do. I would be doing... I would have done maths at university. Yeah. Let me say something a bit more provocative and see what AJ thinks. Mm. Don't lie to us, AJ. Give us the truth, right? Yeah. Is it status? Before, if I, yeah. if, is it the fact that if you're the weird beta male, I'm five foot ten, I've got nothing going for me other than I, I can string a sentence together. Mm. The second you I stood on stage, flexible. I'm flexible. I, I, can, <laughs> I can drop into the crab position, which, as you know, girls really love to see that, particularly if you're naked. <laughs> your bollocks hanging the wrong way due to gravity when you're upside down. No. <laughs> What are you doing? Just let me do the cramp position while you undress. <laughs> I'll need an Uber, quickly. <laughs> the question is this. 
I'm not saying you, right? But I'm saying, you know, girls age 16 to 24 particularly, do they mm. go through a temporary shallow period, regardless of yes. educational level, whether yes. they're attracted to bastard money or status? So as soon as someone like me or Joel stands on stage and goes on telly, mm. or it's very optimistic for Joel to say, oh, it's about context, suddenly our weirdness is contextual. Is it more that... That guy's on the stage, everyone else is looking at him. 100%. Right, so, one, you've got to think about the physical attraction. Physical attraction is a big thing. Mm. So no offence, guys, but you may not have blossomed until later life, and that's absolutely fine. Once you get that out of the way, then it's like, right, what's the personality saying? Now, in school, you like the confident guy, you like the sporty guy, you like the class clown. You like the guy that everyone likes. So it is almost this, like, popularity context. It's like, if I get him, then it means I'm amazing because I've got the guy that everyone wants. So there is an element of shallowness and status that is just involved, you know. But it's because everyone looks to those people, mm. everyone looks to those figures, and they're like, that person's amazing. And that amazingness is attractive. Okay, so right, so bring it... Because I'm hoping like lots of blokes have listened to this going, you're not really helping. I work, yeah. I work in Tesco. <laughs> <laughs> What, uh, and that's all. I've done every job going. I've stuffed yeah. mail, sold door to door, worked in supermarkets. I yeah. sold vacuum cleaners door to door. What can average guy, average height, average body shape, who is reasonably confident, how can he navigate this insta famous world to make himself more attractive to women? How can he get his self confidence up? What can he do that's different? Well, he can't compare himself to other guys, number one. That's not attractive. There's a darker element to this I don't understand. Like, I've got a big family, a lot of female cousins. I yeah. see it over and over again. It's not just confidence, lads. It's not just status. It's not just height. It's not just looks. There's one other element which I cannot get my frigging head around. Men that look like they will potentially emotionally abuse you yeah. are absolute pussy hoovers. They, <laughs> they, I'm sorry, they are. I'll stand there. Would you like me to buy you a drink? I'm not going to buy you anything. And, and eventually I will break your heart. I'll probably put a hole in your connecting wall when I lose my temper and punch through the plasterboard. Yeah, yeah. And there are girls crying out going, that is a bit of freaking me. Yeah, yeah, the girls you like bad boys. Even I don't get that because I'm certainly one of those women who I like someone to be nice to me from start to finish. And usually when it finishes, but it's have you because always they've been stopped like that? Like, being nice to me. Have you always been like that, AJ? Or, or, or yeah. have you matured... Recently, honestly, come don't like these are the men tuning in now for the truth that's going to drift me there. <laughs> Just tell us if you used to like the guy who was like he looks like a right bastard. Wouldn't mind six months. No, that's it. <laughs> no, some girls what like it. <laughs> I'm sorry. Let's be let's be real here. Oh, there's lots of girls in my life. Yeah. Pregnant, 18, I'm talking cousins, yeah. family members, yeah. the guy, and he's like, I'm a cage fighter, I'll do a bit of gear at the weekend. Yeah. It's like, why give it a wide berth? I'm sorry, I just had to shag him in the car park. So that does, why? I mean, my fiance used to date a cage fighter. There you go. So, like... Sorry, Joel, <laughs> I, didn't mean, I didn't mean to... No, but, yeah. <laughs> this is the mad thing. Imagine me sat, sat down, I think it was our second date I found out. And uh, oh I was like, God. oh, what are your ex-boyfriend's like? And she was just like, well, my ex-boyfriend was a cage fighter. Immediately, I was like, where is he? And why is he looking at us right <laughs> is now? It, is his wit sharper than mine? Yeah. <laughs> I think yeah. not. I will, <laughs> I will give you a right jab with my funny jokes. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, you know, and she, again, she's, a, and, and, and again, in another the cliche, she was always into drummers. That was her thing. She, mm. like, loved the drummer. So she would always go to gigs and stare at the drummer. 
and that's quite, that's quite an odd. So that goes against what we've been it? talking about. That's yeah. going past the lead guitarist, past the singer, to the mental guy at the back. And I think <laughs> this is this is the interesting thing because, like, I, this is why I think she's a good person because she doesn't go for the lead singer right. because she's like the, because the bad people go for the lead singer because the guy right at the front getting that's all right, the attention, yeah. but she's going for the person where. They're still on stage getting the attention, yeah. but a different type of attention. They're happy to be the person in the background. So That's must, a better person. You must have your eye on your support acts all the time. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Don't be my girlfriend. You're not allowed to meet her. <laughs> <laughs> no dramas or, or cage writers in my show. Is Joel's the only comic that doesn't have a... Because he just can't risk it. But this is the interesting thing that I think. I think the problem is people think they can change someone and that is the underlying reason why people go for bad boys is because they think oh i'm gonna change him it's a it's a confidence and it's a thing of like oh nobody's changed him before AJ, is that the truth or are part of them thinking i don't care if i'm not the one to change him he's six foot five he's a beast i want to know what that feels like yeah so definitely look at the end of the day women enjoy sex just as much as men do so sometimes it is like mate it is sex we'll back after this short interval <laughs> At the end of the day, like, sometimes it's just like, you know, I've done it where I'm like, oh, God, this guy's such an idiot, but he's absolutely beautiful. Let's have it. But at the same time, when you do do that, you have to emotionally disconnect yourself from falling for that guy. I think that is a good logic. Women definitely do. I agree with you completely, Joel. Women do have this thing where they're like, yeah, I'm going to change him. He's not met the right woman, Mm. you know, to keep him. It's bull. Like, he's not ready to stop sleeping with other people, which is why he's going to do it. One thing I would say, though, Mm. is that even the women who go for the good boys the boys turn bad that's what happens like I literally like gone out with a guy for like three and a half years I'm literally like oh my gosh he's amazing he's so nice to me all the time and then he cheats and then you split up and then you can't help but go back because now you're trapped and in love we we have got to wrap this topic up there's just a little side topic off it I just want to clarify it's controversial but I want to talk about stuff like this is there a connection between the girls that didn't have father figures when they were growing up mm-hmm. are they the ones more attracted to these men that are unattainable or yes. am i taking it a step too far in my experience absolutely yeah because they are used to an absent father or a man being in and out of the life they find that normal you must think that that's normal to some extent that said if you do have a really close connection with your mother and you see your mum upset all of the time and you know you start to resent that father figure you actually i think aspire to have a man who is the opposite of your father can divorce parent did your parents separate they weren't even married but would they live together at all i think i was four Joel? Yeah, my, my dad went when I was younger, but he was sort of still around, but quite far away. I'd see him every sort of couple of months or so. Um, but a real loving family. Mm. Like, super loving family. Mm. I would definitely never in any way say I had an absent father. No, but I was interested to see if it affects me. I don't think it does, because like, the three of us have got completely different experiences of yeah, father than sure. we're all the similar sort. Of, uh, yeah, like yeah, the, yeah. Like the girls <laughs> like yeah, I don't think any situation is, um, you know, there's so many different factors to creating a human being and what yeah. they're like. I don't but think I've it's... definitely noticed a connection with that. My dad was around. 
<laughs> Thanks for asking. It, it no, show, no, it shows. It show, we know. I know how it affects women, but it, show, it shows with a girl like you. I do. I do think mm. girls are more grounded. It's, it's a very controversial thing to say. Mm. But do you think that when women are more grounded when their dads are around? But, but I mean, you just said. I think. I, look, I've experienced both sides of the coin. Where my dad was around, and then when I was about twelve, my dad moved away, and I was literally like oh, my gosh, like, you really start to notice that mm. even though your dad may not have given you a lift all the time and you you thought it was absolutely useless, yeah. you realise, actually, I really need him. And I do think it might affect future relationships, absolutely, but I think Joel's absolutely right. There's so many factors to creating a person that you can't pinpoint it down well, to an absent father. Well, hopefully if there are any boys out there crying about girls being attracted to bastards, we've, we've provided some clarity. <laughs> right, moving on to another subject which is very much related to lads' holidays. Oh, yeah. And I want to talk about bodies as well. But I went on two 18 to 30 holidays when I was younger and I don't know if anyone has been on an 18 to 30 holiday and managed to not pull. I didn't know it was possible. <laughs> I went the whole seven nights on both of them and one of them, is this sounds like it's been made up for stand-up. It hasn't because if <clears throat> it would be too obvious for stand-up. The oh, God's honest truth is on the second one I took Henry James's portrait of a lady and read it by the pool. <laughs> Wow. So brilliant. I read a Penguin classic by the so pool. I could not pull <laughs> a girl off her tits on eight sand because I was like, Ugh. Well, I don't cope in that environment. Yeah. So what, what I want to talk about is the type of boys who who aren't very good at lads stuff. Mm. When yeah. they get together in a group of men, I don't become more masculine. I've got a bit better as I get older. But, for example, I've never understood pole dancing or st- or strip place. I've, obviously, I've been dragged along a few times. Oh, yeah. right. I always just feel slightly <laughs> awkward during a... I'm never during a private dance going, that's right, yeah, yeah, yeah. grind on my knee. I'm like, oh, God, I God, don't I get that. touch my leg. It's, so, it's such a weird thing. I just don't understand why you would want to watch a naked person and have a naked person right there and not be able to have sex with them. Thank like, you. It just doesn't is make it, sense. Isn't it like me. being in Greg's The Bakers but being on the Atkins diet? Yeah. It's like... <laughs> Don't go to Greg's in the first place. Like, yeah, and actually, I was going to a strip club called Greg's as well, which is a very <laughs> different place. They put cheese and onion pasta. <laughs> I love a hot pasty in your chest, pet. <laughs> but are you are you rubbish at lads' holidays? Yeah, I've never been on them really. Yeah. Uh, I went on a one football uh, tour when I was <laughs> a um, when I was sixteen, and it's just not my. This is not my vibe, but it's, it's when you realise that as a, a young adult that you it's okay to not be comfortable with that. I think that's amazing. But when did you actually realise that? Because I think that's quite interesting. Like, you always see lads and men and mm. big groups, and they are very rowdy. I mean, on an outside perspective, I completely get why you I, wouldn't want to be part of that. So but I how was, does that actually make you feel? So basically there was, like, a, a park in the town near my house, and um, everyone used to go there on, like, a Friday night, and everyone would just go to this park, and they'd drink, and they'd hang out with all the people. It was all the people that couldn't get into the pubs, you know? Mm. And, um... The first week I went there, I was like, oh, my God, I can drink. And I remember it's like stealing my mum's, like, vodka and replacing it with water, all those cliches, you know, <laughs> taking some beers and stuff in my bag and went off and pretended I was going to my friend's house Then went down to the park. Went there that first week, I was like, oh, my God, this is great. Yeah. This is like, I'm going to start this now, I'm going to start. And then next week did exactly the same thing, got all the, the beer and the, took all the stuff and then went down to the park and this kid beat me up. Just like, he just like took me the wrong way and like... I was speaking to him and, and weirdly just the conversation went weird and then he just like then spent the rest of the evening looking for me 
around the town trying to find me to beat me up, right? What? And so I never went back. Okay. And I never went out on the Friday night. I never really went to the pub. In school, I just kind of did school and then sort of left. Is this and, when you discovered maths? And that's when I discovered maths. <laughs> and I think genuinely that moment, that moment Whoa. where he... I think that turned me into a completely different person yeah. because it made me go... So then that's when I found my friends who also, you know, were sort of more of the bullied kids right. and we were all linked together. We became an outsider, so I then got into music. Brilliant I, pedigree for a stand-up, by the way. Those exactly. of you who don't know anything about stand-up, you tend to be better slightly... Not in a tragic, isolated way, but just slightly outside. Slightly outside, I think. Observe. I'm the best friend of the funniest guy in our class. Yeah, I, so I spent my entire school life watching someone being fucking hilarious, mm. not being that funny person. And, uh, yeah, so then I found, like, I, I was in a band. and I used to sing and play guitar okay. badly. Yeah. And then, like... <laughs> not but, drama, then. You know, no, not drama. <laughs> see? And she never got a drama. <laughs> and, you know, we'd smoke weed and yeah. just kind of, like... Yeah, so that, I think, was really interesting. I then found my community. Mm. I found... We were all the outsiders, and we hung out together. Mm. And then I became this weird guy who was, like, obsessed with taekwondo and would, like, (laughs) do that instead of going to the pubs. And I didn't drink until I was, like, 22, something like that. I didn't drink. Could have turned you really... I mean, more weird than you are now, you know? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. As turned, a compliment if ever I've heard one. <laughs> I've turned my weirdness oh, into uh, loads of money. Yeah. So I've, I've monetized my weirdness. <laughs> Taekwondo. <laughs> I literally used to... No, I was going to ask Marlon, so the lads... The lads I haven't on him. Had you been on him? I've never been on him. You've I'm never been on a lads holiday? You've been to my Annapa, come on. I've got a group of boys. I've got my male yeah. friends, but we're a right rag bag of different types of people. Yeah, <laughs> but no, we, we've never done it. No players. We're players, but we're like we're players, players from outside of the pool. Right. And we're not going in the pool because it like probably in flabby, in it, and you're like it's that peer pressure to take off your clothes. That's what I want. That's what I want to move on to. It was like it? no, you can't. Like we will have to wear like a bra thing <laughs> uh, for this. It's just not sexy. So I was like, I've never been. That's never really appealed to me to go on those laddie sort of holidays. What, just because of your body? Yeah. So, like at my school, it's really interesting hearing Joel speak. There were these leagues at the top, as the guys we were talking about earlier, AJ, the jocks, the sports guy, the confident guy, the bad boy, the first mm. one to smoke the cigarette, the first one to lose Virginia. <laughs> then at the bottom was the really badly bullied ones who like played chess in the corner and smelled of weed. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but, yeah. I, I think Joel was in the league just above. Just above. I was. Just yeah. There's one Didn't just smell of weed. It's the boy. No. If there are any girls listening, if there are girls listening to this, it's the boys you won't even remember from school. No, so we, we left no impression. Yeah. Okay, I was quite funny, and people might remember me as a funny person, but I was the league just above the bully. It's almost worse than being yeah. the bully, because you're just floating this grey limbo. You don't really yeah. find yourself till you're about 21, 22, and you're out yeah. of that school system. Whereabouts were you in the leagues of the lad league? Boy. There was the top guys, then there was, like, the nerdy nerds, and they used to tell me to go and play with Lawrence. I, I was like, yeah, exactly. His name, even his name is nerdy. They thought I was like Lawrence, but I'm not like Lawrence. I'm 
Who's Lawrence? Lawrence? What's Lawrence he, saying? He'll be, the, he'll be the chest in the corner guy. Yeah, he's just drawing pictures and right. colouring in. and like, Just keep, keep drawing stuck. the tube map over and over. I had a really interesting... Yeah. You know how, like, in school it's really brutal? Like, it's just a fucking brutal. School's horrible. Why don't you talk about like, how horrible school is? Oh, my God. And, <laughs> and, and for yourself, it? you know, you've got kids. It must be... Young kids, and it must be so scary for you. The, the idea of them going to school, you know? Everyone in our community, stand up, tell you, they're all, we're all lefties. We're all, we're all liberal remains. Mm. We've all got the same political viewpoint. So we can't talk about how crap comprehensives are. Because it sounds like you're saying the 11 plus is a good thing when it's awful. <laughs> yeah. But the fact of the matter is, for people like the three boys around this table, yeah. AJ, the comprehensive school is the worst thing that can happen to you because you're thrown into a pot where there are these gangsters and players at the top and you want to be like that. You just want to be popular. So you end, you end up yeah. not excelling at school because the people that control the culture aren't the brightest, no. it's the toughest. Yeah, we, I'm sure all of us around this table will know it's that weird thing. Like, like all of the people who are the top dogs at school, they are absolutely doing nothing important, doing nothing of any note now. Like they're always the people who sort of just like, probably had like kids super young yeah. and just kind of yeah. like now... I mean, you know, they peaked live in the at same school. Town. They, they peaked, peaked at, at school. school. Exactly. And I think that's something really interesting about not peaking in school because it makes you, gives you this fire for life where yeah. you're like, because you're the underdog in school, it makes you want to keep working in life. And like, yeah. you know, like we, we, I'm sure we're all examples of that. Mm-hmm. Like you're hungry to like get to the top of the tree, whereas that's killed for people in school who are top dogs because they're like, oh, this is amazing. It is worse for boys, that, isn't it? And statistically, it's worse. Do you think- it's a, look, put it this way. If I was to put a girl in an all-girls comprehensive school, she will fare better. It's just a statistical fact. So what that proves is boys are more controlled by this culture of the bad boy, popular boy at the top of the tree than mm. girls are. But that makes them mistreat women in later life. And girls don't have an easy ride at school, let no. me tell you. It is very dramatic. It's like the boys basically only like girls with big tits. You don't have tits. I don't even want to look at you. Didn't have tits, man. Did why didn't so... you go to the guys playing chess? We would gladly have had a good look at whatever you had to offer. <laughs> So it's like checkmate. (laughs) You don't have big tits. Nobody has big tits who's associated with you, so you're (laughs) nothing. They don't want anyone intelligent. They don't want the clever girls at all. The sporty ones, like friend zone. I was the sporty one, but that's just friend zone territory. Boring. And so as a result, like school is shite for girls and girls like are competitive towards each other and even within your own friendship group there's a pecking order I hung out with six girls yeah and these six girls it was like right Kayla's at the top she's got tits she's beautiful all the boys fancy her she's the one protecting us all from not getting bullied basically well her boobs were like a shield (laughs) (laughs) I'm gonna bully that group not with these you're not (laughs) (laughs) then there was like Emma, she's the clever one. She's, like, getting us all through our homework. She's getting us through school. So you're like a sort of nerdy spice girl. (laughs) Tit spice, homework spice. (laughs) I was like... I was like uh, the sporty spice slash slash, like the funny spice. It was like, right, I am just going to bamboozle people with like running really fast and trying to be the class calm. Then there's like the posh ones in the back, literally the posh ones who 
definitely wanted to go to a private school, but their parents mm. were like, no, this will be a very humbling experience for you yeah. if you go to that crappy comprehensive school down the road. So they were literally the posh girls mm. who just lived in mansions who were like, I'm stuck in your group. Like, how has this happened? So, yeah, like, it's not an easy ride for women. It's not easy, but the stats tell a tale that boys seem to be more adversely affected temporarily Mm. at 11 to 16 by the the social environment from an educational point. I don't don't want to get too bogged down in that because Marlon, Marlon has raised a really important point. Something boys do cry about a lot, metaphorically. I suspect there's some literal sobbing going out there, lads. I want to talk about... It comes off of this ladsology topic, so I want to talk about men's bodies. It's great. We've got Joel here. He <laughs> <laughs> can flex on this topic. Um, <laughs> I recently went away with my boys from home, right? We yeah. tried to do a lads holiday. We didn't try to. We did do two years ago. It was fantastic. We went to Vegas, and we went in February. And I noticed there was a relief, not just because we got an amazing bargain and amazing treatment, but that the pool parties were closed. There was a collective... <laughs> sigh of relief that no one would have to take their tops off now i don't know if it's just me getting older or if this is a recent thing but i swear in the last 10 years there is a growth of men who do not want to take their t-shirts off at the beach now i never thought that feminism didn't mean women (laughs) becoming equal to men but men becoming equal to women in their phobias fears and body dysmorphic disorders that was not the equalization (laughs) jermaine greer was talking about but trust me there are men listening to this who don't even want to go swimming anymore because they've now joined you ladies in the i hate my body bill yeah Yeah, Joel, as as a man who has Transformed into a god before our eyes. <laughs> <laughs> you have lived both sides of the of the the body fence. What is it's... what's happening with men crying about their bodies? What is going on? I think it's really changed, and I think I'm I'm part of that thing. It's like TV over the last five to eight years has completely transformed the way that men look at themselves. And I think it's in a bad way and also probably a positive way as well. I think we all care about ourselves more. We look at our skin regimes more. We, you know, we're grooming more than ever. We're all going to the gym. I think it sort of started with sort of the Geordie Shaw stuff where suddenly there was just these absolute tanks on TV and that became the cool thing. And I think coming into what we were saying in this first topic, those were what the girls were getting on TV. Those were the ones that they were interested in. So we were seeing this sort of social experiment of people, of girls going like, oh my God, he's got such a fit bod, you know, and all that stuff. And you go going for that. And, you know, you can have a body that's like fit and you're like, cool, whatever. But obviously those people are fucking huge, muscly, like ridiculous. Women don't like there that. Is, there is a they difference, do. isn't there? Well, the, the, let's get to the bottom of this because there is a difference between what I call the Beckham body, which if you eat right, do a few 20 right. minutes a week yeah. is, attain, is attainable. Somewhere on the, uh, let's call it the Beckham to the Joel Beckham, Domic continuum. The Beckham body is like, you're a professional athlete. Yeah. Mm. What I yeah. mean yeah. is that, what I mean, yeah. most, lady, most ladies aren't going to complain if their guy gets a little bit more toned, a little bit in shape. But there is the rise of these hulks who are saying, this is what a woman wants, 17 stone, 3% body fat, needle holes in the thighs, back acne, tiny penis, fiery, unpredictable temper. Ste- <laughs> <Yeah>. Steroid user. <laughs> yeah. Please tell us, AJ... 
that isn't what women want, is it? Please, can you set these men straight who might be looking... I don't think it is what women want. Like, some women do actually think that they genuinely look like erect penises, those muscle men. That said, (laughs) um, you're not going to kick them out of bed because you're like, oh, my gosh, like, his body body is, like, Mm. ridiculous. But there's a difference between toned and big, isn't there? Yeah. Big erectia is as big. Listen, steroid use Mm. is as high as when my... In the 70s was the last epidemic. My dad was a bodybuilder, steroid using, weightlifting, bodybuilder, specially made shirt, 17 inch armed, massive, wow. massive, massive, massive guy. And it's back round again. Yeah. I know people working on some TV shows, I won't name the shows, and they've opened a car boot and it's full of like the used wow. needles, the guys are injecting it. This, I mean, this is serious shit. Mm. Are you actually saying that girls want these? 15, 16, 17 stone men. I mean, they do tell us, Sajid, we can take it. No, absolutely not. But what I would say is that I think women do want and can now obtain a guy who looks after himself a lot more because more guys are doing that. As women, we have been, like you said, we have been scrutinising our bodies forever, like Mm -hmm. literally since puberty at school. And I just think it's good that guys are grooming. I mean... You know, I have to wax me bits. Can you at least give him a trim? I offered. I offered. And you called, and you called the police. <laughs> give him a trim. Come on. But, Marlon, shouldn't it, be go- shouldn't it be going the other way? I'm not saying we all become fat blobs and die of diabetes. <laughs> but shouldn't we... If you'd have gone back 20 years and said in 20 years' time... We'll be taking care of ourselves, but we would have met in a place where women aren't so neurotic and mm-hmm. waxing and starving themselves mm-hmm. and doing excessive cardio and men aren't, haven't got bigger erections. We sort of met in the middle. We're all sort of quite mm. toned and a bit more chill, but we haven't. We've joined each other on a, like, neurotic platform, both going, well, you, you fucking work harder, I'll work harder. And yeah. So we've all become sort of mentally yeah. ill from it, don't you think? Mm-hmm. It's all filters. It's all Instagram. It's all, all superficial. It is getting harder. I I definitely, I completely agree with you. It's almost like, right, before, a woman might have wanted someone with a good personality, a good job, who's funny, charismatic and family orientated. Nice to meet you. Now, it's like... (laughs) (laughs) like... I'll be over here waxing my bits. (laughs) Now it's like, I want a guy with a good job, family orientated, nice to all of my friends, good looking, tall, muscly, well-groomed, looks after his skin. I mean, the list is getting so longer. It's not, that's not helping anyone, though, is no. it? No. Is that not, Joel, like, the difference? I think this is one forum where we've got permission to at least make some sexist generalisations and then knock them down. So mm. don't jump down my throat. But is that not the difference between men and women? That although both of us might initially be superficially attracted... Oh, look, it's an eight-pack. Yeah. If the guy turns out to be a bellend... The novelty wears off a lot more quicker than it seems to yeah. with men. So if I was to bring forward eligible bachelor through the curtain, like he's six foot three, he's absolutely gorgeous, look at his body, all the girls be like, yeah, it's, it's the one for me. But if he opened his mouth, it's cruel bastard. I like torturing animals. Wouldn't last very long. Yeah. Whereas you bring the equivalent girl through, just to warn you, she's a bit of a psycho, she likes torturing animals. The average male response, I'll bone her outside instead. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> Come on, let's be real here. Is there a superficiality to men on the body front or of, of women but I think it? that is changing too. That's, isn't that terrifying? We're going in like the wrong direction. I'll tell you what was interesting. I went to, speaking of lads' holidays in a way, I went to Ocean Beach very recently. Me too. Um, it's just like, I just love it. I know. I absolutely I love it. And that is like us going on an adult's holiday. Just, just to set it up, Ocean Beach Club, we're talking about the same one yeah, in Ibiza, is in San Antonio Bay. Well, right. San Antonio traditionally is the grotty part of Ibiza, everyone 
everyone makes fun of. Okay. So Wayne, Wayne Lineker and Tony Truman have up with this amazing, like, more like Vegasy type beach club. You can stay there and it's like a day party. Yeah. Which, when you've got like granddad ravers, which most of us become after 25. <laughs> yeah. You know, you can go, oh, it's 8 p.m. I can go for so a meal good. and go to bed. <laughs> it's, let's be honest. It's I like so coming during good. the day, not because yeah. it's cool, but because I can put my slippers on at 9 p.m. and it's yeah. done. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's but, the best. And it, but it's full. It's like a steroid party for, for men. Yeah. I'm not taking away from the horrors that women live through. We, we know. I, I'm sort of taking that as red, AJ, with, with the scrutinisation of the female body. I'm just analysing this new thing. Like, there's go- absolutely so many people who are absolutely jacked there. Like, properly, really muscly dudes. You can't like, get like that without drugs, can you? It's impossible. Yes, you can. Yeah, no, what, you, you can. Get, you're not the, it's, not the low body fat and the big size, surely. Yeah, yeah, you can. Yeah, what? it's like... How? This is the thing. Not it's for like, me, it's for a friend. Just putting in... <laughs> <laughs> also, this is, the, this is the problem. It's like steroid use is, yeah. is, is another issue. It's like really disgusting. It's, a, it's like a quick fix. So as people are looking at going like, oh, I want that quicker, I'll do it. I'll do, I'll do steroid. Because it does work. It works. I mean, it shortens your life and shrinks your balls. And I don't even understand why anyone would rather... The fact that people are putting their muscular bodies over the size of their balls is ridiculous. You've just actually described a gorilla. Yeah. yeah. Massive body, tiny scrotum, tiny short scrotum. lifespan. It's I, I don't want to become a gorilla. Like you, exactly. It's just, it's just, it annoys me so much. Yeah. People so looking at People want fix. a quick fix. Just, but just, we've got, we've got to put this topic to because there's one more topic I definitely want to do. But for all the boys out there crying about the, their bodies, it's definitely unattractive to spend too much time stressing about it, isn't it, AJ? We can agree yeah. on that. Yeah. The guy the guy that is ni- that is 18 stone and 3% body fat, he must live in the gym. Mm. Some people do, and genuinely, I remember going on this one date with this guy, and he just scrutinised everything that I ordered on the menu. It was oh. like, you're going to have that wine. 126 calories, you're going to have it. No. I was literally like, oh my gosh, chill out, mate. And it was like, you're going to have those fries. And it was just too much. That was too much. Wow. He does the gym, he does his nutrition, everything's on point. But can't even have a burger and a glass of wine. <laughs> what is this? What is this life? What is the point of having that body? Yeah, it's, um, I know you need to move on, sorry. But the, um, I've been in sort of both sort of circles and I feel like now I'm at my happiest. And I think, so like, I, I like to do like this gay time shoot where I was like, I had a couple of months to go for it. And I was like, I'm going to do it serious. Like I really like dialed down my nutrition like properly. And then I, and I did it, I did the shoot, you know, and... It's like he's so lean, you know, with all the veins and all you, that were stuff. Were you hungry? Did you starve oh, yourself? It was horrible. It was so <laughs> horrible. These people need to hear this, y'all, because there are men listening to this going, "I'll give that a go." It's vile, it's, isn't it? It's absolutely horrific. Thank and you. I'm, like, it's just not. It's you're not fun to hang out. You're not with. fun to hang out with. That's the thing, you know. You're like you're taking your meal prep out for a date with your girlfriend, and you're like wow. like eating a little lunchbox. But it's like it's not a sociable thing to do, and you're doing it for a reason, and that's fine. And obviously, people do it for their jobs and things as well. But it's like. It's uh, That's but be then short I've been, yeah, and I've been the other side where you where you you eat loads and you and you you feel rubbish about yourself and you constantly eat bad food. And what I'd say to them is regular exercise and eating healthily has absolutely improved my life unconditionally. Mm. And I think I just some people don't know how much it improves things mm, like yeah. it just improves your well-being your your optimism your, your general just like the, the very confidence that might attract oh, a lady it just makes me so sad when someone's like yeah whatever I just, they eat. i'm just like i just and it's fine you can do that but mm. and i'm not saying 
go to the complete other side and do a gay time shoot and take you over to lunchbox. I'm in the middle now and I love mm. it. It's like a perfect thing. I eat kind of healthy. I also go out, I have a little absolute blowout and have a great like night and that's fine. I mm. have burgers, whatever. Mm. Then I just like eat a bit healthy when, you know, it's, it's fine. You've got the balance. You've got oh, it. What You've got the yin chat, and yang. I want to do, do a bit of cardio. Right, we've got, <laughs> we've got time for one uh, last topic. A lot of people crying, men and women, about Donald Trump. But I wanted to talk about it particularly in this context, about male friendships. Mm. So Donald Trump has recently done what he thought no one could do. He's befriended Kim Jong... Uh, yeah. Donald Trump has brought him close. It's a skill that is really useful to have in life, is to befriend an enemy, to bring someone evil into your circle to neutralise them. It's a thing that goes on a lot. Have you ever had to befriend... Frenemy. Have, what's, what's your frenemy experiences? I've had one where it was really interesting. So that kid who beat me up I was, in, oh in school. Uh, I was going to say, have you ever heard from him ever again? Yeah. He's so going to be really your best man at your wedding. Yeah. He's my best friend. <laughs> he's, he's his gardener now. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Give Mr. Weed. Take him on so great. There was, um, and actually Steve, my friend who, like, and there was this bully in school, he's not, he's not, he's a tattoo artist. And so Wee. me and Steve want to get a tattoo from him. Which I think would be really funny. You, you know he won't spell that correctly. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Make sure you can see what he's doing. <laughs> and we, um, so the guy, that guy, he sort of continued through school to be a bit of a just like, ugh. And one day he was like, I'm going to get you tomorrow. Tomorrow I'm going to get you. And I was like... Well, unprovoked. Just kind of that was what he that was what he got his kicks from, you know. Uh, you know, it would be that thing, like, he would come into the playground at lunchtime. He was one of those kids who didn't actually go to school. You know, mm-hmm. he, they, there was always the way. They were the ones mm. that didn't go to school. They weren't mm. involved. They would just come in at lunchtimes, yeah. create that havoc and leave. The Kim Jong-un of the playground. It, it, it's so true. He, he's not involved in the UN. He just comes <laughs> in and, like, ruins shit and then leaves, you know. And then... Um, and so he was like, I'm going to get you tomorrow. And I was yeah. like, I'll pop it in my file of facts. <laughs> and um, <laughs> the, uh, so I, this is such a, when I look back and I'm like, this is such a classic me thing to do. This is my way of combating that. I went mm. home and I made a video of me doing nunchucks in my garden with my mum's VHS uh, sort of a camcorder. Yeah. I need to do nunchucks by myself oh my God, in my so garden funny. for probably about 15 minutes, just like, and I was really good at them as well. I was like spinning around my hands. And then I put it on a VHS tape and I, I walked to his house and I put that tape through his letterbox. Wow. And I posted a warning video of you doing that. Genuinely. And this is the That is it. Donald Trump showing his missile to <laughs> him. Wow. And I wrote on the tape to Chris, this is what I'm capable of. No. <laughs> you did not. Oh I genuinely God. did that. Oh my God. And so this is the thing that now I'm. It's oh really interesting. God. So I did it work. Uh, so he's now I'm on TV. He got. No, but what happened touch. the next? You can't leave this. Didn't, so it didn't work at all. So he came to school and was like punched me and was like. How many people wanted? How many people wanted that story to end differently? Then he got like, I'm sorry, Sensei. I've learned my lesson with Joel with his long Kill Bill moustache. You will never touch me again. But no, yeah, I just got punched in the face. No, just got punched in the face. Just came into school exactly the same. Right, but go um, on. So he got in touch. And he got in touch. Um, fairly recently this was maybe a couple of years ago now. brilliant and um, he was like oh do you remember me you know just like really like hi oh, hey I said, do you remember me and I was like oh. yeah he used to punch me in the face in school and um, I, I was quite like direct about it 
And he messages back saying, oh, it was a bit fun though, wasn't it? You know, it's fine. Because <sighs> in their minds, they don't remember You should have just seen the video oh. back of you with the nunchuck, so it's still got still the skills. <laughs> fucking... So now this is what I did. I did doing latitude. And um, I... <laughs> Take that, bully. No, I I'm doing a cultural festival in Suffolk. <laughs> <laughs> I'm on the third line of names on the comedy bill. Um, and uh, so I yeah. did a video of... All of the audience, it's about 3,000 people, all shouting his name. This is Chris Hodgson. Um, oh, and, uh, and I was shouting, they all shouted, Chris Hodgson's a cunt. Chris oh. Hodgson's a cunt. And I got them all to shout it. And then I videoed it, and then I sent that to him on Twitter. And I said, below it, I wrote, to Chris, this is what I'm capable of now. Oh. <laughs> Mic drop. Oh, oh, that it. was from friend of me back to enemy. Did he reply to that? Uh, no, he didn't reply. <laughs> he didn't reply. That is what you call wow. delay. Re- yeah. Revenge is a dish served under about eight layers of ice. <laughs> yeah, that's how cold wow. that was. Like twenty years later. So <laughs> I like, yeah, yeah. And I, still, part of the nice of me, nice part of me was like, oh, maybe I shouldn't do this. And I was like, no, fuck it. But you fuck did, it. you did frenemize him first. Do so you think yeah. that is Trump's strategy? Then he's bringing Kim Jong Un in artificially. Yeah. I think your your title is a good. Metaphor for how this is playing out. You eat your enemy, then you shit him out. Yeah. <laughs> Girls are much better at like, this. Is my best it. friend Lisa. Can't fucking stand the bitch. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Whereas blokes, I don't have anyone in my crew, <laughs> my crew, yeah. who's fake. Yeah. Whereas I'm not saying anything, but most. Meow, Russell. I'm meow. sorry. No, it's a skill. You're better off being able to handle someone you don't like and keep them on your side. Girls mm. seem to be better at it than men. I don't care. I don't care anymore. I'm 30 years old. I don't want to hang out with people that I don't like. I'm literally over it. And I don't have any frenemies because I keep all of my enemies at bay. Just stay away from me. I think you're toxic. Definitely my survival tactics. What kept me out of the chest, thinking of we probably bullied Lee, was to my shame, and I I will admit it now for the first time, I did befriend some of them the nastier ones at the top of the tree. I didn't ever join in, but I, what, yeah. sometimes I was a bit of a dirty lieutenant in the background, like, laughing and clapping because it was safer yeah. Yeah. than not being in it. <laughs> I mean, I was one of the ones in 1936 that would have been marching immediately. <laughs> yeah. You know, one of yeah. those weak characters that just did whatever it yeah. was to save you. It's about saving your skin and surviving. Yeah. Yeah. I'm wondering if that is the difference between boys and girls, particularly when they're younger. Is. With boys, it's a survival mechanic not to be physically hurt whereas with girls it's a power mechanic to get keep the bitch on side and keep her close mm-hmm. is that the difference it was a really sad thing that i was thinking about there's this kid in school who was um he was like kind of our friends he was in our group he was cool and then suddenly you know how suddenly in school people decide that now he's the kid that's yeah. the target yeah and suddenly he was the target <laughs> and it was like everyone's it was honestly it's like everyone turned on a dime on a day like yeah. everyone was like then he was the kid and did you yeah. feel like you were being honest and, but, but it, yeah because i felt conflicted because i was like oh shit i don't want to go against that top crew yeah. and be like stand up and you never it's hard to stand up for people when you are not that top crew you know yeah and because your own reputation is essentially on the line, because then you're yeah. siding with the guy and you're then a target. You are Joel Nunchuck Master. Exactly. <laughs> well, I want to make sure that people know that. And um, I'd love to get hold of that tape, my God. Oh, my God. I, I, that, that was the embarrassing thing. I had to, afterwards, I was like, I'm thinking about maybe talking about this on stage. Have you still got that tape? <laughs> and the, um, um, so they, 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 they put, put it, yeah. And he, mm. they suddenly turned on him. And so I didn't stand up for him, but I just, stayed his friend 
Oh. And that was my duty, I felt like. I can't... Yeah. I can't... I, I'm not physically able to stand up for him. But, like, I stayed his friend because he literally would just be, like, eating his lunch by himself and I just tried to stay his friend. And it was the weirdest thing. I was talking to my friend about it recently. So his dad was a carpenter and his dad uh, made me a skateboarding ramp as, like, I said to say thank you for, like, be, still being oh. Tommy's friend. Oh, Oh. And um, so we made this skateboard ramp, and then I made this skate park. It's farm down the road from my house. And then I was like, and then like he's we he used to come down, and we used to like all go and like skate at this thing. So like I, he made me a skateboard ramp for staying friends with the targeted kid. No that, wonder that, you that, were single for so many yeah, years. I know, right? <laughs> well, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to end on a positive thank you, Angela. What a beautiful place to end. Thanks for everyone helping out today. That's the first episode of Boys Don't Cry, and that's all for this week. Thanks to AJ Dudu for keeping us in line with our lady audits. Thank you very much to Mark. Alan Davis and Joel Domit. Episode two will be available to download next Thursday. What? I didn't know we were doing another one. <laughs> <laughs> I just found out we've been recommissioned like, while well, I'm reading out a link. That's never happened before. If you like what you heard, you know the deal. Go to iTunes, leave a review, go to wherever you get your podcast, tell everyone about us. If you hated what you heard, I'm Nick Grimshaw and this is my new job. <laughs> <laughs> wow. 